Hello everyone, welcome to Narcissism Recovery Podcast, produced by the Magnolia Healing Center. I'm your host, Yitz Epstein. In this podcast, we will be delving into topics related to narcissistic abuse, codependency, childhood wounds, childhood trauma, mental illness, and all things narcissism. The purpose of this podcast is to bring widespread awareness and healing to the global epidemic of narcissism and codependency. It is my hopes that with this podcast, we can collectively create an environment of health and healing for you, the individual, and for the world at large. Let's begin. Hi, everyone. Welcome to today's episode. Today, we're discussing restoring confidence and self-esteem after abuse. If you have been raised by a narcissist, if you were raised in a home that was toxic, or if you have had relationships with abusive individuals, then your self-confidence and self-esteem are most usually going to take a hit or going to suffer. And a trademark of abuse, specifically narcissistic abuse, is a diminished sense of self, self-worth, and self-esteem, as well as confidence. So in this podcast episode, I want to discuss why this is the case. We're going to talk about how abuse affects our self-esteem and our confidence. We're going to talk about why self-esteem and confidence is so important and vital in living our best, most healthy life. And finally, we're going to finish off with ways in which we can restore these things. I'm going to offer some tips on how to overcome low self-worth, self-esteem, and having shattered confidence after abuse. Before we do jump into the specifics of today's episode, I want to clarify the small difference between confidence and self-esteem. This is something I use interchangeably throughout the episode, and there are some differences, so I want to clarify that here. I'm going to quote from Jenny Florence, who writes for the Huffington Post. She says as follows, People often talk about confidence and self-esteem together, but they're actually very different. This does not mean that people who have a good self-esteem won't be confident or that people who are confident won't also have a good self-esteem, but this is not always the case. Some people have very good self-esteem, yet lack confidence, while others are incredibly confident but have very low self-esteem. In fact, if someone is extremely confident, then low self-esteem can very well be hidden. A good way to think about the difference between these two is that self-esteem is an internal experience and confidence is an external experience. She explains that self-esteem relates to the way that we feel about ourselves. It's a reflection of our inner sense of self-value and entitlement, whereas confidence is a reflection of the way that we experience ourselves in our external world, in our relationships with other people, with situations and circumstances. Confidence is the way that we feel about interacting and engaging with something external, whether it's talking and relating to others or doing something in our world, whereas self-esteem is a reflection of our inner sense of self-value, regardless of the external circumstances around us. Confidence can be learned and is very specific. We don't actually need to feel confident about everything and that's okay, but a lack of self-esteem can cause much greater difficulty in our lives. She continues that if we lack confidence in any area of our life, but our self-esteem is good, it will act as a kind of buffer or a solid foundation we will feel more resilient and more able to try something, and regardless of the outcome, we'll still feel good about ourselves. We can have a go, fall over, get back up, and still feel good that we tried. However, if we have bags of confidence but very low self-esteem, then regardless of the successful outcome, we very rarely feel good about our achievements. People who have a very low self-esteem are almost always ultra-critical of themselves. They have a raging inner critic and continuously put themselves down, and even when they achieve something really quite significant, they never reward themselves. They never allow themselves to digest or own or celebrate the good experiences that they generate and create in their lives. And not only do they not reward themselves, but they don't receive compliments easily either. That ends her article. So now let's talk about how abuse affects self-esteem and confidence. So when we're abused, we are in essence accepting treatment 
from another person that matches our self-esteem. And I'll explain. So we get in life what we tolerate and what we expect. So if we have a low self-esteem, then essentially we're believing that we're innately not worthy of high quality treatment and respect. So as a result of that, the abusive relationships and mistreatment essentially is a reflection of our low self-esteem and self-worth that already exists within. And this is why abuse victims of childhood are going to attract abuse in adulthood later on because the early experiences of abuse and then the subsequent feelings of low self-worth and then beliefs of not being worthy are going to align with experiences that confirm those beliefs of low self-worth that still linger from childhood. So I want to make something abundantly and profoundly clear. This is not to defend the abuser or blame the victim. This is more of a sort of scientific, objective perspective on why we attract abusive relationships. There are obviously exceptions to this rule. The point is that we attract most of what we do attract into our lives on a subconscious level, and a low self-esteem is a subconscious belief of unworthiness, and therefore we expect that into our lives. In addition, abuse is going to wound us naturally. We're going to get wounded emotionally, spiritually, psychologically, and with these wounds comes negative emotions such as shame and guilt, negative thoughts and feelings about ourself, and a negative self-image. So with these things, we're going to start to feel worse and worse about ourselves, our worth, and our abilities. All of these are going to lower our self-esteem and our self-confidence. Furthermore, you know, after continuous mistreatment, years of mistreatment, and experiences where a person is made to feel less than, then you know an abuse victim will just start to devalue themselves on their own, which sadly starts a self-destructive tendency of self-devaluation and self-sabotage. And this is done unconsciously to align self-worth with the mistreatment. So essentially what it's saying is, you know, if I am being abused, it must be my fault and it must be because I'm worthless. And so first others will devalue the victim and then the victim will go ahead and devalue themselves and their own self-esteem will then look, get lowered, which attract, attracts more situations and people who devalue them and lower their self-esteem, which creates a very tragic negative feedback loop. Uh, next, abuse creates a very strong tyrannical superego or inner critic. This critic is shaming, it devalues, and abuses us internally. It's like self-abusive. So it's often very full of negative statements that devalue our sense of self. And this slow drip of continuous inner criticism on a regular basis starts to slowly erode the sense of self and the self-esteem of victims, and this being one of the most devastating long-term effects of being abused. Now, from an energetic perspective, abuse is going to affect our energy field. Abuse is going to create imbalances and blockages throughout our chakras. And there are seven main chakras, which are energy centers of the body. And the one I want to focus on for this specific uh, issue with for self-esteem and confidence is the solar plexus chakra, which is located in the uh, solar plexus area, obviously. And in Sanskrit, the word, the name for this chakra is Manipura. I'm going to quote from the Ambuja Yoga website, and this is an article by Autumn Adams. She says that the third chakra, the Manipura chakra, the solar plexus chakra, is known as the power center, and it is located at the front of the spine in the region of the solar plexus and navel. It rules our personal power, our will, our autonomy, as well as our metabolism. When Manipura, or solar plexus chakra, is healthy, this chakra brings us energy, effectiveness, spontaneity, and non-dominating power. We are confident and focused while possessing strength, fortitude, and determination. Dysfunction in the Manipura chakra manifests as many emotional issues associated with trust, fear, intimidation, self-esteem, self-confidence, self-responsibility, self-respect, care for oneself and others, decision-making, 
fear of rejection and sensitivity to criticism. She says that fears related to the Manipura chakra are fears of rejection, failure, criticism, and judgment. So this imbalance or blockage of the Manipura chakra creates the aforementioned issues regarding self-esteem and feelings of security and confidence in ourself. Furthermore, without self-esteem and confidence, we do not feel worthy of having good things in our life. And if we're in a toxic relationship, we certainly don't feel worthy of having better. So we'll just stick around year after year, taking on more and more mistreatment and abuse without the ability to leave because ultimately leaving would then not align with our belief system and our feelings of worthiness. So that's one of the devastating effects of, of abuse is that we just simply believe that this is all we can get or this is what we deserve. And then we never leave. We just stick around and become more, more submissive and really destroyed. In addition, when in childhood, we feel obviously very helpless and we're very dependent on those who are abusing us. Because we cannot hold them accountable, because seeing our parents as the abusers would just shatter our entire, uh, just we wouldn't be able to accept that type of information, then we are forced to obviously blame ourselves. So these feelings of self-blame, right, self-shame of ourselves for being abuse, as well as feeling entirely helpless to change the outcome of the abuse, it le leads to feelings of incredible shame and powerlessness. And shame and powerlessness are feelings that lead us to feeling less than and to feeling extremely low about ourselves, ultimately lowering our, lowering our self-esteem. And the final reason that abuse affects us and our self-esteem confidence is that, I'm assuming we've all heard the concept that we become like the people we hang out with the most. So because we are hanging out with people who are toxic and abusive and have a very low self-esteem themselves, then that's ultimately going to affect our self-esteem. And then we're going to have a, a group of people who we surround ourselves attract and are attracted to that are sort of keep us stuck in that dynamics. So it ultimately causes us to feel less about ourselves, believe less about ourselves, and then attract less about ourselves, which keeps us stuck in that way of being. So now let's talk about why our self-esteem and confidence is so important. There are so many reasons and it's so important. Self-esteem and self-confidence are two of the most important character traits when it comes to leading a healthy life. You know, without a healthy self-esteem and without confidence, we will not believe in ourselves and in our abilities to attract and create the life that we want. You know, unless we believe that we're worthy of something and unless we feel worthy of getting something, we cannot get that thing. You know, it's so imperative on every level to develop a healthy self-esteem and self-confidence and beliefs about ourselves that are healthy and positive because unless we believe something is true, we cannot attract that, like I said. So unless we believe ourselves to be enough, we're not gonna give ourselves the things that we need to thrive and to grow. Next is that without a positive and accurate and healthy self-esteem, we cannot attract healthy relationships. We will most usually attract abuse to confirm what we already believe about our worth and unlovability. So if we have a high confidence, high self-esteem, we stand a much higher and better chance of attracting healthy people, situations, and relationships. Next, it is very difficult to raise our vibrations, raise our consciousness when we are holding on to negative beliefs, negative emotions, and low self-worth. When it comes to raising our consciousness, we are going to continuously be pulled back down to our core beliefs, to our negative emotions that are unresolved. So healing and raising our consciousness has everything to do with letting go of negative emotions, dismantling negative and false core beliefs that are existing in the unconscious, in our subconscious mind. So if we do not, if we are unable to do that, we are, again, we're gonna stay stuck in the low vibrations. We won't be able to expand our consciousness and let in more love and more light, which is a healing energy. So ultimately it'll keep us from our ability to heal. And finally, we will have a very difficult time engaging in self-acceptance 
and self-loving behaviors, if we do not feel worthy of, get, of, of behaving in that way, of acting in that way towards ourselves, if we feel ashamed of ourselves or disgusted with who we are, this has to do with self-love. And self-love is about stepping into your power. It's about realizing that you are worthy. It's about being your authentic self, which builds your confidence and raises your self-esteem and self-worth. So without these life skills, we will usually be self-avoidant. We will lack presence in our own life. Both of these are vital to truly take our power back and to grow and to really feel happy and fulfilled. So now let's talk about how to heal self-confidence and self-esteem. Those with a low self-esteem and with low confidence are usually gonna struggle with a distorted self-image. Seeing themselves through a faulty lens of self-perception and through a perspective that is riddled with negativity, self-shaming negative core beliefs, and internalized shame, that's going to essentially create a negative self-image. So this lens is, is false, it's inaccurate, it's riddled with many lies, which is why if we want to heal our self-esteem, we have to heal our self-image. We have to heal the way that we view ourselves. You know, growing up, we were seeing ourselves through the eyes of our parents. And if we had unloving, toxic, rejecting, avoidant parents, then essentially we're gonna have a hard time seeing ourselves through a, a lens of, of love, compassion, and truth. And that's why a lot of healing has to do with letting go of our parents and the way they saw us and their belief system and really starting to see ourselves through the eyes of authenticity, of love, of compassion, and truth, like I mentioned. It's so important to confront and dub down the inner raging critic who shames us continuously. And I wanna share in some of the, continue the article that I shared before from Jenny Florence of the Huffington Post. She perfectly describes and gives some tips on how to dub down that inner critic that continuously brings down our self-esteem. She says that if you recognize that you have low self-esteem, here's a really useful exercise that you might find helpful. Most people with low self-esteem have a not notoriously active inner critic. They are frequently incredibly supportive of others, yet don't offer themselves the same level of support and regard. If this is you, then try this. Learn to press the pause button. If your inner critic is in a default position that you slide into easily, then this may take a few practice runs. The key here is that if you do slip into a default position, it's really important not to then criticize yourself for doing so. Be supportive of your learning process. And because people with low self-esteem very rarely reward themselves, when you do notice your inner critic and when you press the pause button, please validate and acknowledge yourself. She says this is an achievement and validation is crucial to the growth of our self-esteem. She goes on to describe that when you press the pause button, notice what you have said. Now imagine the impact of saying that very thing to a child. For many people, the things that they say to themselves would reduce a child to a place of absolute distress and despair within minutes. And yet, bizarrely, we do this to ourselves all the time. Now imagine you're with someone you care about, perhaps a close friend or maybe a child. What would you say to them? Listen to yourself and respond to yourself with care and support. It's interesting that the things we say to someone else are very often a million miles away from what we might say to ourselves. We need to learn to give ourselves the same level of support and compassion that we offer others. And that completes her insights. Next tip to heal a low self-esteem is to hang out with people who have themselves high confidence and a high self-esteem. People like that are usually very enjoyable to be around. They make you feel good about yourself. They lift you up and learn from these people. These people are a living example of how we wanna treat ourselves, how they value themselves. See if you can communicate with them about this concept and simply just watch them and learn because when you hang out around people who value themselves, sure enough, you will start to value yourself more and more. 
Next is important to develop self-awareness. You know, we have to see ourselves for who we are, not for who people told us we are or people, how people see us or how we want other people to see us. We have to, in order to do this, get accurate mirroring in order to, like I said, correct those faulty self-perceptions. And this is where a therapist or a healer could reflect back to you things about yourself that you're seeing inaccurately and, and slowly but surely start to help you see yourself as you truly are. Next is to identify accurate self-beliefs. We have to have a realistic idea of who we are. We have to have realistic expectations of what we are capable of. And when you have an idea of who you are, and maybe it's not as incredible as you thought, but the fact is, is when we accept our limitations and we realize that we are simply a human being, we realize the things, the flaws we have don't make us unlovable. It's important to be proud of yourself and what you can do. You know, Appreciate your the things about yourself that you do like, that you appreciate. And obviously don't shame yourself if you're not good at something or if there's something about yourself that is not perfect. Nobody's perfect and it's important to accept the limitations of being a human being. The next is identify, challenge, and dismantle negative self-beliefs. We have to see that these beliefs are lies and we have to, we want to take a look at where they came from. You know, that's why we take a look at childhood and say, okay, what happened to you to uh, cause you to, to, to take on these lies and see them as the truth. And once we dismantle them, we'll see them for what they are, which they're just simply falsehoods, and then we can slowly replace them with self-esteem enhancing core beliefs. The next is we have to let go of inner judgments and the judgments of other people. Nothing ruins our self-esteem quicker than trying to convince others to love us or to see us or to give us what we need or that we are enough. Trying to do this is very much people-pleasing and a codependent tendency that really only serves to make us feel worse about ourselves the less others don't validate us and don't give us what we want. So important to just let go of other people's judgments. It really doesn't matter what other people think of you. It's none of your business. Let other people think and judge what your business is, what you think and how you treat yourself and how you uh, don't judge yourself or how you have compassion on yourself. And next is we have to stay present. We can't just run away from ourselves. We can't self-avoid. We can't self-abandon. No matter how painful our wounds are, if we want to raise our self-esteem, we have to stay present. You know, part of the reason our self-esteem suffers is because our parents didn't stay present with us. They didn't mirror us. And essentially they abandoned us, with, which sent us a very deep and hurtful message that we're unworthy. So if we run away from our own lives and run away from ourselves. We are essentially confirming that message. So the way we undo that message is by simply staying present, feeling your feelings, hanging out with your inner child self, connecting with your authentic self, and that serves to uh, make you feel much better about yourself and raise your self-esteem. The next is we have to align our chakras. We have to balance our energy field, specifically the aforementioned solar plexus chakra or the Manipura chakra. When we have a healthy and balanced third chakra, it manifests characteristics of healthy self-esteem, self-respect, ambition, discipline, the ability to be confident, take action, and the courage to take risks, right? So when the third chakra is healthy, we are generous, we act ethically and with integrity. So I wanna complete this episode with a couple of thoughts. First of all, there's a large difference between people who are self-assured, who are confident, and those who are not confident and lack self-esteem. Now, someone with a high self-esteem and is confident in themselves is someone who feels secure within themselves. They believe they're worthy. They don't need other people to give them value as a person. They're at peace with who they are and they most usually build other people up as opposed to someone who has a low self-esteem. Someone with low self-esteem is gonna lack confidence in who they are, usually have a lot of self-doubt, they'll feel guilty for who they are, they'll feel insecure, make other people feel worse about themselves, and they'll feel unworthy of good things in life. 
And someone with a low self-esteem will usually be very quick to anger and rage when something goes wrong, let's say mistakes are made, or they feel flawed, or someone slights them, or if things aren't perfect. And this is because when something goes wrong, it will trigger that shame and the guilt, as well as the tyrannical inner critic, which will make any slight or any mishap or any flaw feel like an attack, which also explains why people with a low self-esteem are very quickly to get defensive and they oftentimes feel it is all about them. They're usually highly egocentric as well. Now, people with a low self-esteem who feel ashamed about themselves are, in many instances, going to try to compensate for that lack by having arrogance, a sense of superiority, and a false self, which is a trademark of narcissism. And narcissistic abusers have a profoundly low self-esteem. Uh, no one with a high self-esteem is going to treat other people in ways in which narcissistically abusive people do. Uh, the reason that we do get duped by narcissists, by the way, is that the false self that they're showing is a very deceptive self. It's, it seems confident and it seems self-assured and it seems like there's a high self-esteem, but in reality, it's a false sense of confidence. It is not a true self. And in reality, it's, it's uh, masking the deep shame and the low self-esteem that exists deep within. Now, if you are struggling with a low self-esteem, which, like I mentioned, is very much a consequence of being raised in a toxic and abusive home or being in relationships with people, with narcissistic abusers who diminish your sense of self, it's so important to heal that core self, that core shame, and understand how you were wounded, heal those wounds, and dismantle those negative messages, those negative core beliefs. Low self-esteem essentially comes from a self-evaluation that is negative, that is false, and that needs to be corrected internally. There's no amount of soothing, distracting, false confidence, behavioral changes. There's no amount of love, no amount of attention, no amount of, no amount of good looks, admiration, and money. No amount of playing the victim or blaming other people for our misfortunes can make, can make up for that low self-esteem because self-esteem is self. It has to do with how uh, the individual evaluates themselves, and that is very difficult work, but that has to be done inwardly. So based on this, we can see how extremely important it is to heal that wounded sense of self that's left over from childhood, process that shame, you know, those negative messages, dismantle those self-beliefs, those self-evaluations, make sure they're accurate. Only once we do this can we truly be comfortable in our own skin and develop a relationship with ourself that is self-accepting, self-loving, and compassionate. And with this, we can really start to truly appreciate and value who we are in a way that starts to raise our self-esteem and our confidence. And when we do this, we can show up authentically, proud of who we are, with a sense of confidence and reassurance in who we are, our authenticity, our skills, and our ability. And this really gives us the best chance of attracting and being attracted to people, life situations, and an overall life that reflects that back to us in the outside world. So part of why I'm highly obsessed with my healing process, with the healing journey, is because if we're gonna, if we're gonna create an abundant life, we're gonna create a life that we're proud of, that fulfills us, then we have to work inwardly to build up our inner sense of self. We have to heal those wounds and we have to correct the relationship we have with ourselves so we can build our self-esteem, build our confidence in who we are. And ultimately that is how we get that life that we want, the dream life, the, the life of abundance, the life of happiness, the life of joy starts within. When you build up your self-esteem, you can believe that A, you believe in yourself and your abilities to create that lifestyle, but also when it comes, when it does show up, you don't sabotage it or avoid it. You realize that you are worthy of those things. So if you are interested in that healing journey, 
it'd be an absolute honor. I'd be more than humbled to work with you and guide you on this process. This is a process that has helped me raise my self-esteem and confidence and the many different people who I've worked with. So it'd be an honor to assist you in that process as well. So feel free to reach out to me directly. My email is yitz, Y-I-T-Z, magnoliahealingcenter.com. You can reach me by phone, 818-210-6049. I want to thank you all so much for joining me for today's episode. Until next time, all the best. <laughs>